Welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Barker. I've been chatting with Deidre Breckenridge about our books, consulting business, and her professional journey. In this episode, you'll find her take on content marketing and working with influencers. So cool. You know, we're going to switch gears here a little bit, a little, talk a little bit about the content marketing side of things. Like, what do you think the biggest challenges for like marketers are? Like, where do you see marketers failing when it comes to content marketing? Like, is there anything when you see, um, you know, content that comes out and you go, oh man, I really wish that more content marketers or more businesses would do this. Is there anything that really for you is a, a something that's been glaring that you see it quite often? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a lot around more I see it from the inside, the measurement, right? Knowing that what you're doing is actually effective. And if it is for lead gen, that you're moving the needle, (laughs) you're actually getting leads and they're converted somewhere on your website. You can track this. You can see it in the form of a download of something, or maybe it is a sale, whatever that is. I also think that maybe brands need to take advantage more of the the great way that influencer marketing and content marketing come together. Mm-hmm. That when you involve influencers in your content, they have a reason to share and it's a, a win-win. And always knowing that it's not just about taking a bunch of influencers and putting them into one project, but more so understanding the influencers, their level of influence, what they like to do, how they participate. Are they getting paid? Will they not, you know, is it something that they're so passionate about that they do it for free because they see some kind of a value with the brand? That probably is something that needs to be developed a little bit more. I would also say after reading an article, I, gosh, I don't remember if it was I think it was Inc. Magazine or Entrepreneur, where one of the journalists or one of the contributors did this whole kind of experiment around influencers and decided to pretend to be an influencer to see if a brand would work with them. And I don't know if you saw this article, but brands really have to screen their influencers a little bit better. I mean, this journalist went to the length of buying followers, putting up fake pictures, making it look like she was a candle expert, literally. I mean, she set up this whole series of posts around this Italian vacation that she took and all the candles that she had. No, she wasn't anything, but she got brands interested in her and they wanted to work with her. And some even sent her products. And that's when she said, hey, I'm not even, I'm a journalist. This was an experiment. A couple of those brands were pissed at her and rightly so. And one brand said, you know what? You're right. And we want to be a part of your article. So there's something about influencer marketing and the content that you're using. Got to screen it. Have to know if your influencers are actually effective and just content marketing in general. How are you tracking your measurement? So it's funny. I, I feel like, and I have to tell my to tell the audience that I didn't set this up for you to say this for me to say this, but it was interesting. So my main thing, my one main focus is right now is the workshops that I'm doing for brands to on how to work with influencers. Good. In San Francisco. Thank goodness. Because it it is there's a huge disconnect between brands and influencers. Um, not say all of them, but there just is a, a overall from what I've seen, the research that we've done is there's just a huge disconnect. I talk to brands, I talk to influencers. The problem is, is that brands are treating influencers as like just this, hey, send them a product and let's see what happens, right? Not caring right. about the metrics, not saying, not, you know, saying, hey, what in the brief, what are you going to include? What does this mean? Like asking those specific questions. And I think that's where 
that's where I switched gears. That's the whole UCLA thing. The curriculum that I taught there is where we've developed a workshop, right? Of saying, listen, like if you want to go do influencer marketing, there's a right way to do it and, and not say that every influencer campaign is going to be successful, but there's certain things you need to do. There's certain questions you need to ask or briefs you need to put in place. You need to understand that if you're reaching out to this influence and if you love their content, don't give them a brief that's going to strangle them so that it's going to be the content you want, right? You obviously like their content, like let, right. let them work with when the measures of, they know what their audience likes and it's got to obviously resonate with your brand, but let them be creative. Like don't, don't. Right, what they want to do. Exactly. They understand. And, and once again, make it more of like a relationship, make it more of like, oh, you guys are working together instead of, hey, we're the brand, we're paying you, this is what we want. I just see this, you know, or I see the brands that will come to me and say, this is Kim Kardashian's cousin and we want to work with her. And I go, okay, that's awesome. I'm like, well, why do you want to work with her? Well, it's Kim Kardashian's cousin. And I go, okay, <laughs> right. that doesn't mean anything to me. I like, so okay, what's the why? reason? Like, so is it because you've looked at her profile and you like the analytics? She's got a great engagement. She's, you know, never worked with these types of brands and you think you would be a good fit or like, no, she's Kim Kardashian's cousin. I feel like we've already gone over this. That doesn't matter to me, right? And it's a, a lot of the times, a lot of these brands will look at followership. They go, they've got a lot of followers. It must be good, right? And it's, it's just really interesting to see that because for us, once again, education being the key, you know, and this is a, this is a terrible analogy. I'm going to say this analogy to you mainly for comical reasons, but the way that I explain brands and influencers, it's like two 15 year old kids having a baby, right? And I, I'm not saying you 15, you can, but I'm not recommending you should have a baby at 15. Like you probably try to finish college and, you know, date a few people, you know, learn a little bit about life and then you guys can right. go start a family. So for me, it is two 15 year olds, not all of everybody's 15 year olds, but it, it them getting together and doing some stuff when it's like, Hey, like, I'm not saying you have to hire me to be a consultant or, you know, anybody else. But what I am saying is educate yourself a little bit. Like you might be at the early stages and better understand how you're going to work with influencers and understand that not, not all influencers are the same. Every influencer oh, is different, different, right? Everybody has yeah. business, the way that they do things, the way that they accept payment, whether it even has to be payment. You know, it's, it's, that's one thing I think we look at is like also the value trade of, of time. You have influencers that, you know, you want to offer a free $10 t-shirt to them and yet they have a full production team, a video person, a video, you know, it's like you want them to go spend eight hours to put a video together for you for your free $10 t-shirt. Like there's no value exchange yeah. there, right? And so it's, no. it's important, once again, brands to say, listen, like, and also look at the influencers, right? I think that's another thing. We, they use software and they pull this list and they send out a templated email and that's just not the way to do things. Like if, if I'm going to start a relationship with an influencer, the idea is to go and look at that influencer, go look at their content, go see. I mean, there has to be, it's called the eyeball test. Like when we started doing this, there was no influencer marketing software. There was no software for me to go do it. My thing strictly was an eyeball test. I would look at stuff and look at this and look at the content that shouldn't go away. Like you kind of talked about the EQ thing and you know, artificial yeah. intelligence isn't going to take away the jobs of, of what humans can do, right? Developing relationships and that kind of stuff. It's the same thing with influencer marketing. You have to go and look at the profiles and understand these are humans and, you know, kind of talk this thing out and see if they're a good fit. So I think I, I appreciate you bringing that up because I think that's such an important point. I, I don't bring up the, the, the workshop stuff a lot, but I'm doing it now because I think it's important because that relationship is, it is important. Yeah, really a lot of good things can happen from it. But you have to learn those steps on how to be able to work together. And I think that's the disconnect right now, you know? Yeah. And it's not, it's not a one-off. That's the other thing. Sometimes it's like, oh yeah, this one didn't work out. Move on to that. No, you, you have the chance to develop a relationship. Yeah. 
And that's meaningful. But what you put into the relationship is what comes out. And that's where you have to do your homework. You have to have understanding. You have to build a a trust and a rapport. And that's the best way to work together. It takes time. And I think that's what what people miss out on is that, you know, everybody, not everybody, but people in the world want, why, why would I do a seven second app if I can do a two second app? Right. And so it really comes down to like in anything you do, I don't care if it's PPC, I don't care if it's content creation, I don't care if it's marketing, you can skip steps all day long. But the problem is you're probably not going to have the outcome that you want. Right. And so influencer marketing is no different. If you just want to send out a templated email to a thousand yoga instructors because you have a a yoga product, you'll find somebody that's interested. But the problem is, is is it the right person? Right. And so it's, it's a lot more, you just have to put the time into it. And I think that's where people get confused. They assume, Hey, this is an influencer. They've got a big following. They're going to go post this picture. I'm going to give them a thousand bucks. I'm going to make $10,000 and then I can go stay on my Island and drink my Corona and hang out for the rest of my life. Probably not going to happen that way. So the idea of it is, is you're developing that relationship is the important part because if they do move the needle, now you guys work on new campaigns, you work on other ideas and how you can do this. It's going to be good for the influencer and great for the brand as well. Absolutely. Cool. All right. So we've got, we've only got a few more minutes here because this is what happens when we have fun. I mean, that's nothing else (laughs) we can do, right? I mean, there's no excuse here. This is just how it goes down sometimes. What do you think for like for content when you talk about like, are there like any softwares that you use? And I mean, I guess when I talk about content, I guess either it'd be creation. I know you talk about Grammarly a little bit earlier. Are there any other softwares that you use for either, let's say, you know, punctuation grammar or for the distribution of content? Are there anything, like, what are the, what softwares do you use? Like you couldn't live without? Yeah. So I really like Canva because it's so easy yeah, yeah, yeah. to design yeah. anything in any format, <laughs> anything you want. And even in the free version, you have some you have a lot of good templates that you can use. You can always upgrade right, yeah. to the paid version. So Canva, I think is a must. I'm still a fan of Hootsuite. We've been using Hootsuite to carve out conversations so we can monitor what's going on, but also to schedule content super easy, port your Twitter lists, whoever you want to follow and whatnot. So Hootsuite is a part of my world. I like Basecamp. And this is more um, for the project management. There's a lot that goes into producing the audio side and the video side now of Women Worldwide. And there's no way we could ever, ever do this through email. First of all, you have all these files. It it wouldn't work. So Basecamp is just a great way to have my team and Pro Podcast Solutions, that's that's who does all of our audio and video and we're all together and we know what's going on. We're on the same page and all the content is in there uh, to be used. I like that. And I'm trying to think if there are any other ones. Definitely Grammarly. I think those are my top ones. Awesome. Yeah. You know, what's funny. I, I don't think you people realize what it what goes into to do a podcast, especially when you're starting and now you guys are doing video as well. The amount of work that goes into a podcast, which is funny because you think, oh, you just record it and then you put it up and, <sighs> and you do this. There's so many moving pieces to it. And it's, it is one of those things. I don't know. It's just a lot of moving pieces. I don't think to do it the right way. And there's always new Yep. things and new this and new that and take clips here and put it here. It's just a lot of work. But it, once again, I think it, it bears its fruit over time for sure. It's a lot of passion. A lot of, yeah, just, <laughs> one podcast. That is it. That is it. So tell me a little bit. So what would you like, what would you consider? Obviously we haven't even gone into the 17,000 things that you've done over your lifetime, but what would you consider to be your biggest achievement? Like with the things that you've done, obviously you've done a lot of really great things. Like what would you say this is, and I guess it could be a current project you're working on or one that you've worked on in the past. Like what is that thing that you look at and you go, I'm extremely proud of this. 
So this is just a really cool thing. I mean, I've always been super, super proud of my books because I had a family member say to me when I got my first book contract, what? You can't be an author. You don't know the first thing about being an author. And I said, well, watch me because I'm going to make this happen just to kind of show like, yeah, I could do this. But it was after this last book, Answers for Modern Communicators, I did an interview on bestseller TV, which is through the CTV network, Mm -hmm. uh, C-Suite TV network. And this interview was picked up by United Airlines in-flight television. So you know when you're on United and they have like certain videos with people on different topics? There I was um, talking to Taryn Winter Brill on Bestseller TV about my book and kind of like reputation and some interesting things in the book. So to have people from all over the world reach out to me and be like, oh my gosh, I saw you on United Airlines. I guess that was kind of I mean, that's awesome exposure. Like, you got to be kidding me. That is really cool. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. (laughs) That did lead to a few things. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. If you're sitting on a flight, you're like, wait, I know her. Oh, wait a second. Maybe I should reach out to her because you have nothing else to do other than stare at the screen and go, okay, maybe maybe I'll take a few notes and here I'll get a hold of her offline. That's awesome. The first time that I went on United after it aired, we put it on our screen and one of the flight attendants came by and said, oh my gosh, that woman, the likeness is unbelievable. He's my evil twin. Watch she looks like her. you. Yeah. yeah. She really does. That is too funny. So how long was that on United for? I think it was on for a few months. I mean, basically, I guess they get shuffled. I don't know if I haven't been on a United flight in a little while. But certainly when I go, I'm going to look for it. But I haven't had anybody say recently, hey, you're on United Airlines. So I guess it was um, they put more on and you get shoved to the back. (laughs) From a consulting perspective, you can't really get in front of a better client. The people that are actually flying between this and that, like that's like. That's a beautiful thing. That's congratulations (laughs) on that. Thank you. So we've only got another minute. Minute or two. So first of all, I want to say, tell me about Daisy. So I, I have to get a little, oh. let me get a little bit of information about Daisy because I'm a, a fellow dog lover. So I just want to talk about Daisy for a minute. And then I want to talk okay. about what your typical day looks like. So Daisy is a beagle. Mm. She is part beagle, part bulldog, but honestly, she looks like a boxer. So we think a boxer slipped in <laughs> with her mom. Um, she's adorable. She's the, she has to be on your lap all the time. Uh, Medium sized dog. If she was a, a big German shepherd size, I'd be in trouble. <laughs> But she always has to be, she follows me everywhere. I have a home office and she's probably sitting right outside the door right now. She's the most lovable dog. Oh God, I love dogs. I'm a huge, we have two rescues that it's, uh, anyway, so I love dogs. So I had to ask you about Daisy. Awesome. Tell me about your day because I know you're good at structuring stuff. Like what does a typical day look like for you? So I don't, it's hard to say what typical is, but I do carve my day so that my creativity is in the morning. And creativity also includes when I do my video and podcasting, because I want to be high energy and feeling really creative. But my favorite part of the day literally is my morning, which is devoted usually an hour to, did you ever read The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod? Absolutely savers program, silence, affirmation, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. I do every morning, whether you could do it in six minutes, like each 
part of the saver program could be one minute or you could do it an hour or however long it takes you. It takes me about an hour and I love it. That is awesome. Yeah, it's good. I, you know, I go back and forth with regimens or schedules and things that I do, but I just recently started doing that like early in the morning. I walk. So I, I, cause I can't run long story short. I hurt my leg back doing CrossFit stuff. So I was doing boxing oh. and anyway, so now I'm going to like these older sports of this things called Pilates and yoga and stuff like that, which is difficult <laughs> for somebody to me to, to slow down my brain. So that's, you know, we're, we're trying to slow that. We'll, I'll let you know how this all works out, but good. I've been doing walking and stuff and running. I try to get a good little regimen in the morning just for kind of get, you know, get the mind going straight and, you know, get this yeah. going. So sets your day. I mean, how you start your day is the way your day is going to play out. So this is, this is true. if you started walking and clearing your mind or I do meditation, clear my mind, it's just, it's so much better for the rest of the day. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So I've got the last question of the day here. So if I was to give you a credit card, this is just, let's say I was going to give you a credit card for $50,000. I don't know. Hopefully that's going to be enough for a Jersey girl. I don't know. I know you like to do shop and I've seen outfits. <laughs> for all that hairspray. Yeah. Yeah, the hairspray, that's definitely not going to be enough. So if I was to give you a card for $50,000, where would you go? Like, what would you do with that? Would you go to like, go buy clothes or would you go on a trip? Like, what would you do? Tell me what would you do with that? So it's all about the experience. I would grab my loved ones and I would go to a resort that was, um, has a spa and we would all take advantage of what that resort has to offer each and every day and just experience it together. So that would be my idea of just maxing out that card and having the best time. Man, that sounds awesome. Well, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with a little little family time and, and a resort. I'm assuming. And pampering. Why not? Spa and adult beverages. I, mean, I, don't, them all. I don't know if there's anything better than that right there. Well, you've been an absolute doll for the interview. I, I absolutely appreciate you, you taking the time today. Like I said, I'll let the team know once this goes live or let you know, let your team know. And once again, if you need anything from me when you talk about these projects that you're working on, please reach out anytime. Thank you. If you know any millennials who want to talk to me, let me know. Absolutely. So that's another good point. So if somebody wants to reach out to you in regards to that or anything else, where can they find you? So you can find me always on Twitter. I'm at D Breckenridge. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. You can email me Deirdre at pureperformance.com with two M's.com. That's how you can find me or go to my website, DeirdreBreckenridge.com. That's awesome. Well, hopefully we get some millennials that'll reach out to you and get some interviews going. Cool. All right. Love it. Have an awesome rest of your day. Thank you. 